We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast sunday august 22nd 2021 this is not your normal saturday crew matt fralick mike wenland and gage bridgeford have all decided to and it's actually their sunday crew so they've all decided to take a vacation, uh, not work tonight. So the hardest working men in Packers media are here <laughs> for you. Uh, I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by the legend himself that is Dusty Evely. Dusty, welcome to the show. I think this is this might be, honestly, our first Pack-A-Day podcast episode together. I can't fact check that. We've done one other one. Uh, a few years back, and there's a trio. I'm, I'm blanking. It may have actually been Gage as the three. I cannot remember what we okay. did. We've done one before in the past. I feel like it was at least two years ago now. Um, but yeah, that, that our first time with the two of us, just the two of us. So yeah, I'm excited, dude. All right. Well, I should have queued up Will Smith. And was that a duet? Just the two of us? Or was that just Will Smith? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I Dr. Like Evil and Mini-Me were the I feel like it had to have been a duet, right? Like the, just the two of us had to have been a duet, but... It feels like that, but yeah, Dr. Evil and Mini Me is the version mm-hmm. of that song that I am much more familiar with from A Man of Culture. Version. I like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We'll we'll go with that. What we're going with today, the Packers have played two preseason games. And thank God that one's over is really my <laughs> uh impression after the second half, really the third quarter. I was listening to some of the third quarter on the radio and Laravie and McCarran, Wayne made some joke along the lines of like the third quarter that will never end. Something along those lines, because the Jets had called time. But let me let me make a little public service announcement too, because we had each head coach do this today. Challenging a play in the preseason is a form of terrorism, and it needs to stop immediately. <laughs> there is no reason for that at all and it's absolutely asinine and i watched both coaches do it i was watching the bears and the bills play before too and Nagy and sean mcdermott did it too please stop there's no need to do that but that's beside the point let's move into this game the packers lose again they lose two games in a row and their status as super bowl contenders is officially over mm-hmm. and that's unfortunate that it is that way but that is how it is uh kurt bankert starts the game uh plays the vast majority of it and Jake Dolgala comes in after the fact, and he throws one pass, and it's intercepted. Uh, that's possibly the end 
of his Packers career as well, mm-hmm. or at least could be coming up very quickly because well, Jordan Love is very likely, I would say. Uh, I shouldn't say that. I guess I don't know that. But Jordan Love's probably going to be back next week. I would I would bet on that if I were a betting man. Kylan Hill and Jay Sternberger are responsible for your touchdowns today. And that was exciting for me, at least, as I mentioned on Thursday's show with Maggie Loney and Jimmy Christensen. Jay Sternberger is my best friend. So I don't know <laughs> if he knows that yet. But Jay scoring a touchdown actually did some good things for me. And then Kylan Hill, that first drive, I will say the Packers touchdown drive that they had, Dusty, looked pretty nice. It was at least a little bit of fun to see something. And I know preseason football, it's kind of like an appetizer. It's wetting the appetite for Mm -hmm. the Packers season opener. But seeing A.J. Dillon get the ball, Malik Taylor catch a couple passes, and then a nice little touchdown run from Kylan Hill to cap that off was at least something to get you going a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I mean, like you said, I mean, you're, you're looking at preseason, you know, I've been accustomed to I don't I don't care who wins. I just hope everyone has a good time, Jacob. That's all I'm really in for. But like, you know, last week, we didn't see a whole lot. We got to see love, uh, which was cool. And obviously, you know, Sternberger was out there. He had some of those guys. But, uh, you know, AJ didn't get uh, AJ Dillon didn't get a ton of run. And uh, and he got some, I think just the first drive, if I'm not mistaken, but quite a few touches. Look good. I think the first play was a was a little swing pass, get the ball in his hands. That was awesome. And the next one was just run some guys over, which was cool. I mean, it, you know, you're looking at again some of those guys kind of mid to low part of the roster, but seeing Dylan do stuff was cool. Seeing Kylan Hill, I mean, that touchdown run, that Kylan Hill touchdown run was just that little handoff from shotgun, and he goes to get around the end, and he just, you just see that burst. I think he stiff armed stiff arm a guy in the backfield, and then he goes to hit that edge, and he just had a little something there. I thought he was going to get caught, and no one touched him. Like that was that was awesome. So seeing some of the uh, you know, some of that execution there, even if it was uh Bankert and a handful of guys that we likely will not see, like was, was cool. It was, it was uh enjoyable first half. Like you said, I think it kind of fell apart after that, but the, the first few drives there were, were a lot of fun. I thought. Yeah. Dylan four carries, 28 yards, uh, seven yards of carry for those of you that are mathematicians, 11 yard long. That was nice to see. And he's somebody who he's going to play a big part in this offense. We know mm-hmm. that. By this stretch, Patrick Taylor, the team's leading rusher today with 48 yards on the ground. He did have a fumble, which obviously you're not going to like to see that either. Kylan Hill, seven carries, 29 yards, and the aforementioned touchdown. But I do want to start with Kurt Bankert, the story of the day, if you will, because this game, Dusty, it lost a bunch. Well, not all, but a lot of its juice when when Jordan Love was announced he wasn't going to play this week. You know, this this preseason was all centered around the fact that Jordan Love is at least possibly, I don't know the best way to put this, I guess, but he's probably Green Bay's starting quarterback in 2022. At least according to most, they feel like Love's going to be the guy in 2022. And you want to see what you have. Didn't see him at all last year. No camp, Mm -hmm. no preseason, no nothing from Jordan Love. And then he was the third quarterback all year. So we never even got to see him suit up and take a knee or anything like that. Got a little bit last week. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people it's it's funny to me to watch how this all works, you know, on on Twitter dot com, how you get people that are like, well, he had a 112 passer rating and his passer rating from <laughs> clean pocket was 122 and he was awesome. He looked incredible and blah, blah, blah. And then there are the other people that are like, well, he only led one scoring drive and he threw a screen pass where Kylan Hill did most of the work and then they scored that <laughs> way and he stunk. Otherwise, I think what we get is a lot of people trying to confirm their prior narratives. And and one example I can use on that is watching today. And I'm not, 
trying to knock Justin Fields. I had Justin Fields as my second rated quarterback coming out of this class. And that doesn't change because he wears a C on his helmet now, <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are acting like it's active malpractice and Justin Fields is lighting up the preseason for the bears. And realistically, not really. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a few nice things. He's done a few things that you're like, Whoa, you can see where that needs to get better. And I think Chicago is, I would probably play Justin Fields if I were Matt Nagy, but I understand wanting to kind of hold him out a little bit, but that's not the whole point. I think what we're getting at here is Jordan Love didn't play, and that sucks because we wanted to have a chance to watch him do some things and build on last week, frankly. That's, you know, Dusty, I know you're big on the process and everything like that, mm-hmm. not to confuse you with a Philadelphia 76ers fan, but <laughs> the – you know, the rip to Jay Sternberger on that 30 yard throw and all that stuff. You want to see him build on that, the good things he did and also learn from the mistakes that he made. So what kind of opportunity do you think that he lost or that we lost as a whole, I guess, by love not practicing this week and then not playing this afternoon? Just reps, man. I mean, practice reps, game reps. I mean, it, it, the, even though it's preseason, it's just it's a different feel than when you're practicing. It's a, it's a different look. I mean, you saw. I mean, you you knew when he came out of college, it was a bunch of clean a bunch to clean up. You've heard it a thousand times. Footwork, going through reads, it was an entirely different system. Blah 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 blah. And so, I mean, last week, like you said, so he did some nice things. This thing to Sternberger was really really nice. He had uh, you could kind of see him like quickly going through progressions during dropbacks, and you could see his footwork. I don't know, still not perfect, but but obviously getting better. And you could see him kind of going through that stuff, kind of not mastering the system because it's not like they're throwing a ton of stuff out there in preseason, but running stuff that the Packers are going to run during the season. So you get to kind of see, okay, how's he doing? We've been working here. How's his footwork? How are his reads? Is he keying on the right stuff? I mean, all of that as far as, you know, what the coaches can determine. And then for his, I mean, that's a huge part of his development. I mean, you know, the, the coaches didn't get to see him last year, but he didn't get to do anything either because, you know, they're kind of getting ready during the year and, and the two don't normally get a ton of run in practice and you know so love didn't really get to touch the ball very much at all so from both a coaches looking at him perspective and just him trying to learn trying to get adapted to the nfl and learn this offense based on where he came from as well i mean it's huge to lose that stuff so losing a whole preseason game you've already cut down there's only going to be three you know you don't have a fourth he's losing out and, and who knows that's you know who knows what he would have done uh, if he would have started, if he would have gone as far as Benkert did into the game, I, I would imagine he'd play the first half, you know, maybe into the third quarter if Love played this week. Um, but I mean, you, you just you you lose those reps because you're not going to get a lot of reps in practice as the season goes on. You hopefully are not going to see him in a game unless he's taken a knee, uh, and so you just you want to get him out there. You want him running the system. You just want him getting a little more comfortable with reacting to what the defense is giving him based on the calls. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, he would have played the third quarter last week per Matt LaFleur. Uh, so it's I think it's an easy assumption to say that okay. he would have played yeah. in the third quarter this week. And I think my favorite thing that came out of that was that he got, quote, dinged, which I don't know. I just think that's a really funny – it's a total football <laughs> guy kind of thing to say about a guy who got hurt. But Jordan Love's shoulder was dinged. And I don't think we've ever gotten an official – word for what that injury is is a shoulder strain rotator yeah. you know whatever um but I, I did chuckle at so i'm just keep saying his shoulders dinged uh but <laughs> so the question now is love doesn't play this week benkert plays into the fourth quarter what do you do if jordan love is back this week me personally i, I would have coming into the preseason i wouldn't have played kurt Benkert a single snap until like the backups 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 were in on the <sighs> offensive line that's the only time and that's no disrespect to kurt Benkert. it's just no yeah. I need to get reps for my future franchise quarterback or what I hope is the future franchise quarterback. So I can evaluate him on, Hey, do we need to really make sure that we're kissing Aaron Rodgers's butt or do we need to, you know, do we have something here? Kind of thing. You want to know what you have with this guy. And can you project that out next week? I would play Jordan love the entire game because Mm -hmm. you lost every single one of those reps this week. You lost two competitive practices. And I was at, the joint practice on Thursday. And I can tell you, it's a different feel when somebody else is in there. It's just a little more competitive. And obviously training camp is just training camp, but it felt a little bit more like a game with those guys over there. So Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot to be gained from that. Even if the starting quarterback maybe doesn't think so much on, on those, although he softened his stance on that a little bit. So maybe I should give him a bit of a break, but I would play love the entire game against Buffalo on Saturday. Would you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for all the reasons we just talked about for the getting him those game reps, because he's not I mean, this is your last chance before the season starts. And like you said, like we don't know. We don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what's going to happen during the season, after the season, any of that. But I mean, I'm kind of with you at this point. I'm I'm until something changes, man. I'm assuming that Jordan Love is a starter in 2022, which means unless Aaron Rodgers gets injured or Aaron Rodgers just is terrible this year and they have to put Jordan love is this is the last game that you get to see Jordan love in game action until he is your presumed starter week one of 2022. Like this is this whole preseason has been huge and he missed a game. And so the, yeah, this game here, this is it. And like you said, like if they're once they're starting me at left tackle, I'm, you know, you take him out, but you absolutely, I'm, I'm with you hundred percent. Just play him as many snaps as you possibly can in, in uh, week four. you know, just get the third down every single time. Every drive is a 25 play drive, you know, just make sure he's on the field, just working as much as possible this game. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Like you mentioned, in a perfect world, Jordan Love plays three preseason games, the week 18 game against Detroit, where the Packers have everything locked up, the number mm-hmm. one seed, so they don't play Aaron Rodgers. Love starts and lights it up a la Matty Flynn from years ago. <laughs> and then you feel really good about who your quarterback could be in 2022 if it does indeed come to that. But otherwise, he doesn't suit up again. Well, I shouldn't say that, but he's not on the field unless he's taking a knee because Aaron Rodgers is your starter. And mm-hmm. the one position where you really don't want to be playing backups is the quarterback spot. You don't want to play backups anywhere, but you really don't want to at the quarterback spot. So I hope Jordan Love is able to go next week for all the reasons we just mentioned. But let's talk about Benkert because I've been a guy still, and I'm very staunch about this. I don't care how he played today. I think he did some nice things. Um, I think there were some other things that obviously made it realize he's the third quarterback on the team for a reason. And he's on his, you know, not, this isn't his first team Mm -hmm. uh, in green Bay. So, I'm a believer that they should still keep two quarterbacks. I know everybody always worries about what happens if some team gets him to go to their team and he's not on our practice squad. Well, let me, I live by this philosophy guys, and I'm a firm believer that backup quarterback is incredibly overrated as far as the investment that you make in that position, because so many people are so concerned about what happens if the guy gets hurt. And the old Tom Moore quote, Tom Moore was the offensive coordinator for the Colts. (laughs) And they asked him, why didn't Jim Sorge get more reps behind Peyton Manning? And they said Moore didn't even look at him. And he says, if 18 goes down, we are blanked and we don't practice. Blanked. <laughs> it's so, an all timer quote, man. It's that's great. It's awesome. And that's kind of my thing with Bankert is like, if Bankert's starting a game, the Packers are blanked. So mm-hmm. whether he's on the roster or on the practice squad, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Kurt Bankert. He's a great story. He's an awesome dude. He hung out with Paul Brettel. That's so that cool. Alone, I love Makes him, I mean, maybe a poor evaluator in who he should be hanging out with. But <laughs> otherwise, I love you, Paul. I love you, Paul. Uh, but yeah, no, he's he's a cool guy. I understand that. But as a quarterback, if he's starting tomorrow, the Packers are losing forty-one to nothing. I am very confident in, mm-hmm. in that fact. So, I I don't want to say I don't care because that makes it sound bad. But like, I don't really care if he's on the roster or not. I think the Packers should carry two quarterbacks, and if Banker gets scooped up, so be it. What do you think? Yeah, I actually um, I made like a kind of a mock 53 just because I'm always like, well, they should keep this guy and this guy. And like, well, I probably have them keeping 70 guys. So I got to try to like get my get my affairs in order yeah, here and see. You can only keep 53. That's only, order, I believe. Yeah, that's which stinks, man. It seems unfair. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've got them carrying two, you know, just based on everything else shakes out. I mean, for a lot of the reasons you said, I mean, the other one, too, that I, I know, you know, sometimes I lose sight of that everyone kind of lose sight of. Man, listen, we're, we we look at the Packers. We're looking at this stuff like as well as everyone that listens to this, man, like we're, we're in the weeds, dude. We see these guys, but Kurt Banker, you know, someone's going to scoop him up every single team. Every single team has guys like, well, I don't, man, I don't know if we can sneak him through the practice squad. Like the, the the Falcons or whatever, I'm picking the Falcons because I don't know why I'm thinking about them, but the Falcons are not saying, boy, I, I sure hope we can get Kurt Banker back because, you know, th- th- that's the guy we're looking at. No, they probably, they've got their own guys that they want to stash that, that, that their fans are saying, we can't let this guy go because he's not going to pass waivers every single, I mean, I think people were saying that about like, you know, Reggie Begleton last year, like every single team 
every single fan base has guys like, I don't think that guy's going to make it to the practice squad. And those guys make it to the practice squad because everyone's got their own guys that they like. And so I'm, I'm I, like you, I love Kurt Bankert. I think like, he seems like a really good dude. I love, uh, you know, him, he had the post game interview where he was like, I'm just, cause I think his daughter turns one uh, today. And like he was saying a bunch of family were in town watching the game. He's like, I'm, you know, I don't, I, I don't really care that we won or lost. I'm, I'm happy that I can always say like my daughter saw me do this, uh, which is awesome. Like he just seems like a good dude, like family man, loves his family, but he should not, he shouldn't be on the roster. Like he, I love him as a practice squad guy, but no, I don't, I don't think they should carry him. Go ahead and add that to his pro list of reasons as being a fellow girl dad. So shout out. To <laughs> That's Kurt right. Banker shout out for that. That's awesome. Dusty's trying to tug at my heartstrings over here. For that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned guys that, you know, people like their own guys all the time. Just two weeks ago, that was Jawan Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And they cut him. Will he even make it to the practice squad? Blah, blah, blah. And now, I mean, obviously, unfortunately, an injury has kind of robbed Juwan Winfrey of a chance to make a run at a roster spot for the Packers this offseason. But he was a guy who we do this every year. Mm-hmm. We do it all the time. And so rarely have you ever, Dusty, in your life, and the Packers have had plenty of these, unfortunately, in the last 10 years, thought back after a playoff loss that was gut-wrenching and painful <laughs> And just thought, man, if they didn't cut this guy in August, <laughs> they would have won today. I just don't think that happens. And, no. you know, I, I think that this is a fun time of year. And I'm not saying to, I'm not telling you how to feel or nothing like that. I just think that we put so much emphasis on, oh my gosh, this guy's so good. What, what happens if we don't get to keep him? And more often than not, it just doesn't matter. Something mm-hmm. that could matter, though, as I said, all these things that don't matter is the receiver spot. And Dusty, uh, you know, I know you hate talking about receivers and hate catchers and touchdowns and all that stuff. But we were talking before the show how you said, like, you have them keeping 10 receivers or something ridiculous like that. But today we know. So we know this. And Roger said as much in an interview earlier this week. Uh, Cobb, Adams, MVS, Lazard and Amari Rogers. Those five guys are on the roster. It's a question on do they keep six or maybe even do they keep seven? And they have done that before. It was in the Mike McCarthy era, so it is a little different now. But could they keep seven? Devin Funches was the star of the game last week. Six catches, team's leading receiver. Had a really good night this week. Pulled up lame with a hamstring injury. Missed today's game. So what happens? A great moments are born from great opportunity, <laughs> as one uh, late coach actually now once said. Shout out to Janelle Mackey for the inspiration on that one. Malik Taylor. Team's leading receiver today, and he's also one of their guys on special teams as well. He's one of their core special teamers, and that's kind of been his path, if you will, to the roster. Today, four catches, 66 yards, a couple nice adjustments throughout the course of the game, made a really nifty toe drag swag on the sideline catch earlier today, and then obviously a couple deep ball, or well, one deep ball, and then he's, again, one of their core special teamers. He's one of those guys, I think Paul Brettel said it really well, He's not going to stand out just because of his style of game. He's not going to be the guy who catches the ball at the 10 and takes it 80 yards. Well, that's bad math. 90 yards to the house. (laughs) It's real bad math. (laughs) That's really bad math. That's not even close. Uh, But he's not going to catch the ball at the 10 and take it 90 yards to the house and make two guys miss along the way. You're not going to find him on a highlight reel on YouTube. He's not going to be a player on Madden that you're like, oh, man, this guy's interesting. He's just a dude that the coaches are probably going to love and he's going to do a lot of little things well and help his team win that way. Devin Funches is one of three receivers on this roster that has an 800-yard receiving season to his name, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb being the others. Dusty, do you keep seven? 
I've got him keeping seven. Now I had to, you know, and this is with, with the caveat of I've got him keeping seven, but that's with, I know Sternberger not taking a roster spot for the first two weeks. And we don't know what's going on with Bakhtiari as far as him starting the season yet. So that's going to be, you know, spots, spots are going to open up. The 53 is always in flux right now. I got to keep in seven. I mean, basically for that, for a while I had Funches on the outside looking in uh, just because it was kind of one of those. I love, I like the receivers, the way they're set up. I like how they complement each other and Funches with his skill set, I didn't really see, I didn't see a role for him necessarily because he's not, you know, he's he's not fast. Like he's he's fast-ish, but he's not fast. He's not a quick twitch guy. Uh, he's not going to take the top off a of defense. Uh, he's not. Uh, from what I've seen, he's not like an exceptionally good blocker. And so it's it's kind of this. You could find a spot for him, but his way to the roster, I didn't really see. And then I saw him in, in the first preseason game. I was like, okay, well there it is. Because um, you can see, I mean, he knows how to run a route. He knows what to do with the ball in his hands. He knows what he's doing. So that's kind of one of those. That's a professional receiver, man. So. I kind of had I kind of put him in after that. Still wouldn't break Mart if he's not in, but I had him in after that just because you could see you could see the difference with him on the field versus some of the other guys on the field. Like okay, he he knows what he's doing. He's a good receiver. And then I got Malik Taylor in there as well at the bottom half just because I mean <laughs> It's because it's six wide receivers and none of them, I guess Amari Rogers maybe, but none of them really is playing special teams a whole lot. You know, Amari Rogers probably as as returner in some function, but uh, Malik Turner or t- Taylor, sorry, not Malik Tur- t- uh, Turner. Taylor is, uh, I think, a, like a good special teamer. <laughs> I don't know. Special teams is bad in general. So is is it a good special teamer on a bad unit? Is that a good special teamer? Is it just better than bad? I don't know. But I kind of had him on there, I, although I wouldn't be shocked if, like, you know, Sternberger comes back in week three and Taylor's the first guy out the door. That wouldn't shock me in the least. But right now I've got him carrying seven just, just based on that. And that's the other thing to keep in mind is we keep talking about the final 53. It really is just the first 53. You know, you mentioned Jay Sternberger is going to be on the suspension list uh, to start the season. And then you have David Bakhtiari may or may not end up on PUP, may end up on injured reserve. I'm holding out some hope that he'll be back for the opener, but that does appear to be getting more and more unlikely by the day. But who knows? We'll see what happens in that meantime. But yeah, as far as that goes, I think you're right that they have those two free roster spots, if you will, for the first couple of weeks. And I still think Sternberger is going to make the team. I know that in preseason football, one of the things I love the most is the reactionary tweet of, oh, my God, is, did this guy just get cut? Sternberger, <laughs> granted, it, it was a drop on, mm-hmm. on a third down on a pretty nice ball from from Bankard, but then catches a touchdown later. I just think there's a little too much talent in there still for the Packers to just say forget it. And give up in him. Yes, he's been inconsistent. Yes, he's going to be suspended to start the season. I understand all that stuff. But there's too much in there and too much investment. He's a top 100 pick, top 75 pick for them to just say, ah, forget it. Move on from this guy. We'll we'll cut bait and move on after just a couple of games. But I think I really do. I think they're going to end up cutting down to six uh, just because you look at some of the other positions. Do they carry an extra corner? Do they carry an extra offensive lineman? With, Safety with is a position. Injuries. I think I had him carrying more just due to the the defense this year. That's another like an area I don't normally have him carrying more. Just do the defense. Okay, well, probably got to stick another safety on there as well. Yeah, and line, inside linebacker is another one that I think has gotten interesting just because we. I think we came into this training camp preseason slate thinking like, okay, you have Barnes. You have Devondre Campbell. Those guys are going to be your starters. And then Ty Summers probably makes the team for special teams. And you have Kamal Martin, 
and they'll carry just four. Try and practice squad Isaiah McDuffie and Oren Burks is out the door. But Oren Burks has been one of the team's better defensive players, albeit in the preseason. I certainly mm-hmm. understand that. But there is still a size, speed, athleticism, skill set that the Packers have not had at that linebacker spot. So I'm curious to see if he ends up making the roster or do they keep a fifth guy? That's kind of this whole game of it's a big puzzle. Brian Gutekunst always likes to say that about the roster. He likes to say that about the salary cap, all that kind of stuff. But it's a big puzzle for them to try and solve. So I think that part is going to be one of the more interesting things coming out of camp is just how does that how does that go? And maybe some of those decisions are going to be made. You know, Reggie Begleton not making things any easier today either. With <laughs> yeah. He has the team's longest punt return. That's not nothing. You know, Amari Rogers, I know we all kind of have him penciled in as the punt returner, and understandably so. He started there since the Packers got there, but hasn't exactly wowed. You know, there's not, no. it's not like you could sit back and go, like, man, if he'd have just gotten one more step, he'd have broke that or anything like that. And I'm not knocking the guy, it's his second NFL game. So it's completely understandable mm-hmm. that there just haven't been as many opportunities just yet for Amari Rogers. But if Begleton, Sometimes if you house a punt, you make the roster, and then you become a Super Bowl MVP. Ask Desmond Howard. That happened. <laughs> so I'm not suggesting Reggie Bagleton is Desmond Howard. but That's what it sounded like, like, Jacob. That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> something like that can happen, though, if, if it comes to fruition. So I just look forward to seeing what it is they're going to do. Obviously, we have another game to figure some things out here. You know, a guy makes a couple plays here or there. I remember Jarrett Boykin having a big fourth preseason game and making the <laughs> roster, it felt like. Yeah. Based on that alone. So maybe whoever that person will be when they take on Buffalo here next Saturday will be interesting. Something else that was interesting this week was the Packers offensive line combination. And we know they're searching to try and find who their starters at guard are going to be uh, with Elton Jenkins likely playing left tackle to start the season, which is still just incredible to me <laughs> that he's able to do that. Elton Jenkins is a phenomenal player and we should certainly treasure everything he does for this team. But Last week, the starters at guard were Lucas Patrick and John Runyon Jr., and I believe it was Peter Bukowski today who said that Lucas Patrick's preseason has resembled something that you might watch uh, <laughs> while editing a podcast. Dustin. Yeah. So I assume that means a horror movie. Yeah, yeah it so, does. And it, has, and it has been rough uh, for Lucas Patrick. He had two holding penalties today. One wiped out a really nice run mm-hmm. from Kylan Hill. I think Patrick's going to make the roster. I think we become so obsessed with the salary cap dollars. And while they could save a, you know, a couple bucks by cutting Lucas Patrick, it's like, (laughs) they're going to save like a million dollars by cutting Lucas Patrick. And that's not worth Patrick started last year. He played well. And I think he's their best backup center. If you assume Elton Jenkins is not going to be a factor at the center position this year. Jake Hansen is probably on the outside looking in. I'd be surprised if they even practice squad him uh, after after some of that this year. Some of the other guys, John Runyon Jr. has never played center in a regular season game uh, at, at any level, high school, yeah. college, or pro. So it's not something that you can just throw him there and say, well, he can snap the ball. It's a different skill set. So the other thing, though, is the guard position, as I was talking about. Today, the starters were John Runyon and Royce Newman and the eye popper there was Royce Newman who mm-hmm. just, they threw him in there this week. He started there all spring, right guard, right tackle. He was in with the ones all spring during the OTAs and then he kind of took a back seat. And then last week the Packers offensive line did not play well against the Texans this week. They played much better. They ran the ball a hell of a lot better this week than they did last week. They have 18 
I'm sorry, that's receiving. Forgive me on that. They had 32 rushes for 135 yards. That's 4.2 yards per carry. 28 rushes for 129 yards if you take out the four runs that they credit to Kurt Bankert in here as well. But I will just say in general, the running game as a whole looked better. It wasn't like the equivalent of taking a knee. And that's not to give Royce Newman all the credit for Mm -hmm. that, but it doesn't hurt your cause when you're in the game and helping somebody with that. I thought based on live viewing and a limited slow-mo rewatch that Newman acquitted himself very well at the guard position. I made a comment earlier this week. This feels like it could be something where he takes that right guard job during the preseason and then just never gives it back. Yeah. Yeah. No, that wouldn't shock me. I mean, he, I mean, that dude looks like an offensive lineman. Like he's just, he's got long hair. He's just ugly as hell. Like he looks like an offensive lineman. So, I mean, that was one of those you definitely, I mean, last week, especially because that was, I mean, all last year was with the, the, there was a steal with John running junior. Like that's going to be starting guard going forward. Like he's, he's the guy pencil him in. He got blown up week one, man, like over and over God. again, just yes. abused week one. Uh, so that was kind of one of those, well, crap, man, with, okay, with Bakhtiari out and, you know, Myers, I'm excited about Myers, but, you know, rookie, rookie center and Billy Turner looked good at right tackle last year for the most part. But those guard positions is like, uh, I, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of one of those you thought there was a, you know, there's a plan, but somewhat solidified. And then after the week one preseason, like, holy crap, this might be a problem. And so seeing Newman come in and open up some of those holes, like, you said not to give all of the credit to him but the running game looked better that offensive line just looked better like he looked like he knew what he was doing and he was working well i can't remember uh who it was was it was it it may have been paul brettel that said every basically every run was to newman side uh it seemed like kind of maybe a maybe a uh, test jake morley jake morley okay jake morley my bad um and that i mean that could be what it is i mean that's something i know i've tried to keep in mind for uh, preseason stuff as well like it's not it's not even just well, you're evaluating guys, but sometimes you're evaluating those guys live. You're throwing them into these game situations and saying, okay, we want to see what this guy can do if we you know, run behind him six times. Like the, you're running little things you wouldn't necessarily run in a game. And so, I mean, I thought he acquitted himself well. Um, it's one preseason game. Things swing wildly from preseason game to preseason game. So who knows? Um, but I mean, he, I certainly think, like you said, it would not shock me in the least after watching him today if he's just okay. This is this is our uh, this is our starting. We'll say right guard here, and then he just he's got that job now. Um, it would wouldn't shock me at least. And it'd be kind of nice to have that solidified. That it would, and he's somebody. I think I said this earlier in the week. There's certain things, and I don't make the rules. They just make you better. Dreadlocks make you a better defensive mm-hmm. back, and long hair makes you a better offensive lineman. Again, I don't make the rules. And the smaller the number you are for a skill position player, that means you're faster. Again, that's correct. So that's I all don't, correct. I, I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. And Royce Newman has the main to be one of the Packers guards. And I had a guy who made the comparison earlier uh, during the game that Royce Newman looked a little bit like TJ Lang, that guard that could kick out and play a little bit of tackle. At, you know, TJ was kind of a replacement level tackle, but yeah, like that, in a pinch, you could throw him there. Yeah. That has value, though, having mm-hmm. a guy who can play tackle at replacement because We've seen below replacement value <laughs> at tackle. Trust me. I remember watching Josh Walker and Don Barclay and guys like that that were just horrible. And, I mean, even Jason Spriggs was only slightly below replacement. Well, he was below replacement value. But Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, he was below replacement value. I think I was giving him too much credit. But I think of like Bar- seen- Barclay in that Seattle game was just like, that's what I think of, was Barclay just getting abused against Seattle. That's what I think of. 
Yes. Yeah. And that's what bad tackle play can look like. And I've talked about this a bunch, how the Packers, we've certainly been spoiled with quarterback play. I'm 30 years old here in a couple of weeks. I've only seen Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers play quarterback. Yay. We yippee. That's awesome. The offensive line play, though, for the most part, not always, the Packers in those 30 years, it's mostly been Chad Clifton, Mark Tauscher, went right to David Bakhtiari and Brian Balaga. And now the Packers have ably placed, replaced, excuse me, Brian Balaga with Billy Turner. And they make investments in their offensive line over and over and over. And it's boring and it gets them a lot of shit from draft analysts because they don't draft for their fantasy teams. But they drafted three offensive linemen each of the last two years. They've signed a free agent every year that Brian Gutekunst has been the general manager. They're going to do what they can to protect their quarterback, whether that's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love. you got to feel pretty good about who they're in the hands of. And knowing that Matt Schneidman did that awesome story last year about Gutekunst basically scouting David Bakhtiari and really influencing the Packers to pick him in the fourth round when they did. And Bakhtiari is now one of the three best left tackles in all of football when he's healthy, if not the best one. I got all the way off track on that to say when it came to Royce Newman, (laughs) I'm interested. You know, I wrote the story for Packer Report earlier this week. I thought he looked good. There was a reach block that he executed last week. I'm not trying to put too much emphasis on one play, but in the crappy low-level football that I played, I have a pretty good idea of how hard that block is against bad players. Royce Newman is doing that against professional football players. He made it look real smooth, too. Real smooth. Yes, and you could tell. You know, when it comes to offensive linemen, there's a few things you can watch, and as they get bigger. And something that's been interesting has been the evolution of David Bakhtiari, because he didn't have this when he started, and he looked like a puppy. But when you see that just thickness in there, just their, basically they have no neck. From the neck down, and they're really thick in their base, so their legs and their butt, essentially. When you have that, and then can you a dancing bear, if you will, can you move your feet really well? Those are the things that you look at the most for an offensive lineman. And Newman needs to add some size and strength, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I think he has the footwork and the athleticism down, which is something the Packers very much care about and value in this scheme with Matt LaFleur. So I'm interested to see what Newman does. I'm interested to see how they shake out this offensive line. I really do just hope David Bakhtiari comes back and that makes things so much easier Be nice. because having that continuity with Josh Myers, who I thought played well again today. I know Rogers said earlier this week, he had a tough day on Wednesday. I thought he played well again today. I think the Packers have something there in terms, I think their screen game can get better with Myers mm-hmm. there uh, than it was even maybe even last year, uh, especially when Lindsley missed games. Lindsley's a good little blocker in space like that, but I think Myers can help make it to where that's a good thing too. Uh, Newman's somebody who can help with that too, because mm-hmm. Newman's a better athlete than Lucas Patrick is, who was their right guard for the majority of that season there. Dusty, we're going ahead now. We're going to look ahead in a whole week and look at the Buffalo Bills here. Just something that you need to see in this team's final preseason game before they get ready to take on the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about love. I want to see love. Um, I want to see as much love as humanly possible, just just to kind of see what he's got. Um, but really, I'm you know I'm looking at um, you know hopefully you know Sternberger again. He's going to be missing the first couple of weeks, and I know there's been 
you know, inconsistencies throughout his career. I know there's been kind of some, some issues. It seems like maybe behind the scenes with him, uh, some complaints about, you know, not necessarily learning the playbook and, and things like that. And so, you know, we can't see that stuff, but, but on the field, man, how's he looking? Is he, is he catching? Is he concentrating? Is he dialed in? Because that spot, I mean, I don't think that spot is, is in question. You know, it's not like, as I'm looking, I've got them keeping four tight ends and I don't think, uh, you know, provided Aguara is healthy, that Dominique Daphne is keeping Sternberger off the 53. Like, I don't, I don't see that happening, but I would like to see something out of him. And then, uh, I don't know. I've, I really like watching Slayton. I think Slayton's just doing some good things, getting a better feel for that, I think is, is, is pretty great. Um, and then, I mean, my last one is, is I guess it's kind of a big one. You touched on inside linebackers earlier. I think, you know, Warren Burks looked good in week one. I thought he did some good stuff uh, this past week, but I just want to see a little bit more out of him. He's a guy, I mean, you knew he was going to be a project when they drafted him. Uh, and it's kind of one of those, you know, after week one is, okay, was that just, was that the result of, of scheme or him playing playing aggressively? Or is he, it, something start to go off? Like, did, did a light bulb click? And, you know, we saw less of that this week. I still think he, he had a pretty good game, but I want to see, That's I think that's the guy, number one, I keep my eye on because that, that spot seems like it could be up by up for grabs by two to three guys. So I want to see what's he doing, man. And that's another guy I went out there. I mean, at least that whole first half just to kind of see, okay, what's, what's going on here, man? Like, is this, is this for real? Is he a guy that could make a difference or is this just kind of a flash in the plan pan week one thing? So I'm going to have uh, lots and lots of eyes on Oren Burks this week. Yeah, I think that's a fair one. Something I want to see in this Buffalo game is the Packers pass rushers on the edge have not, made an impact of note Garvin Tipigalea, all those guys not not a whole lot of noteworthy plays for the first couple of games and I it's a little nitpicky I understand that because how many snaps are they realistically going to get behind Zadarius yeah. Smith Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary I understand that but one of those guys rolls an ankle and now all of a sudden that guy's playing relatively significant snaps because that third edge rusher is essentially a starter in this defense so I'd like to see them make a couple of plays Jay Sternberger, you mentioned some of those things as well. I'd like to see him make a couple plays. I want to see Jordan Love play. Uh, and I'd like to see that defensive line play too. I thought today I'm trying so hard not to get excited about preseason football just because <laughs> I see it. But but Kingsley Kiki, man, there was a pass rush where it was a completion to Corey Davis for a long game. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even care because Kiki just kind of tossed aside the Jets starting guard and was in Zach Wilson's face. And Listen, Kiki could be like one of those final keys that unlocks this defense just because Mm -hmm. of his ability to play next to Kenny Clark that way. And then you've got TJ Slayton obviously making some plays in the passing game as well. And he's not supposed to be able to do that. His thing is supposed to be one-dimensional run stuffer, maybe some upside as a pass rusher. So I look forward to seeing those guys play next week. Burks is somebody too that's interesting to me for all the reasons you laid out. I think you have a guy who – it just looks different when he's decisive, you know, something mm-hmm. that's that athletically gifted. And I don't know what to call that, but you can see it. You know, Josh Jones was one of those guys that I thought Josh Jones was going to be the greatest football player ever. I was <laughs> Me in <too>. the building. <laughs> I was in the building for that Cincinnati game where he just torched everybody. And when you have those guys who they don't think they just react mm-hmm. and then there's a, just a different level of speed. And Oren Burks is kind of that way. You know, Ross Uglum pointed out, last week in this Packer report article, it's not completely unrealistic to think that maybe the light bulb goes off for Oren Burks in year four as his fourth year of playing linebacker as a safety convert. So I'll be interested to see that. Otherwise, yeah, that is a potential going down as one of Brian Gutekunst's biggest blunders as the general manager in a short tenure here. Now, 
The other blunder that I'm looking forward to potentially seeing is if they have another punter in camp this week because <laughs> I'm just I'm fed up. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> you drafted a punter and he stinks, but that's that's whatever. Just don't ever punt. If you score in every series, I guess you don't ever have to punt. So mm-hmm, that's true. the good news. We're out of time, though, for this episode. We have gone over. Thank you guys for listening. Please be sure to check out the podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me personally. I am on Twitter at Jacob Westendorf, and you can find almost all of my work over at Game On Wisconsin at Game On WI on Twitter. I want to send this as a personal invitation to all of you. September 19th, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. at the Green Bay Distillery. We're having drinks. We're having party. We're watching a little football on that Sunday, and we'll get you out of there before the Jake Owen concert, if that does, in fact, tickle your fancy in Green Bay. But I hope to see you guys there. We're going to have a really good time there. Have a cheese curd burger, some chicken wings, some buffalo cheese curds. Really, the food there is phenomenal. This isn't an ad. They didn't pay me. I'm just telling you (laughs) what the deal is when it comes to the Green Bay Distillery. And I know... Dusty Evely is going to be there. So, mm-hmm. Dusty, now that I say all that, where can we find your work so we can talk about that <laughs> at the party? Uh, you can find me at Dusty Evely uh, is where I kind of will you know, post everything I have. But I've got during the season, you know, I'm still kind of easing into it here. But during the season, uh, weekly post over at Cheesehead TV uh, on Wednesdays. And then I'm trying to remember my schedule. I think it's uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays over at Packer Report, kind of doing uh, a big play and some pass rush stuff pass rush kind of whatever tickles my fancy any given week but that's that's where you'll be able to find me and then of course uh wednesday on pack a day podcast with uh sarah and steve and a new project i don't know what you're talking about jacob uh yeah ah. i launched a I launched a sub stack uh yesterday i guess uh because all the cool kids are doing it and right now i mean right now it's it's free it's i'm using it as a blog to kind of uh mostly it's going to be uh non-packers thoughts during the season if i see something cool and want to kind of take a look at it i don't really have a place to put that right now so it's going to be going up over there um i've always dreamed of doing a um looking at the interceptions my my, the funniest interception of every week during the season so i'm going to try to put that up over there during the season so i'm I'm going to feel it out but uh yeah right now it's just it's dustyevely at sub or dot substack.com and i've got a single article over there right now so we'll see if it keeps going or if it crashes and burns well, I hope it keeps going. Go to his Twitter page at Dusty Evely and you can find it over there. Again, you can find us at Packaday Podcast. Rate, like, subscribe, catch Dusty with Sarah and Steve on Wednesdays. You can find me again next week on Thursday with Maggie and Jimmy talking about the final Packers preseason game. Looking forward to the regular season finally being here. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time. Headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. 
Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.